Well, good afternoon, everyone. It's 12.30 Austin time. Um, I am Joel Barna. Uh, I am sitting in for, for Flint today, who has the day off. And uh, I want to start by talking about gratitude. I want to list some things that I'm grateful for today, and then talk some about some of the teachings about gratitude. Been reading recently. Uh, I want to say I'm, I'm currently the beneficiary of an enormous amount of good fortune and goodwill uh, caused by the generosity and goodheartedness of others. Uh, I was walking in, but uh, I drove in today on freeways that are open, and my son, who's been living in Missouri, drove on the freeway last night and arrived this morning, so I was able to hug him this morning, and I was able to kiss my wife goodbye, the woman that I love that I've been with for 41 years plus, and uh, that we retired and get to share a lot more than we used to. And it's, a, it's a wonderfully rich time in we're going to sell our house in Austin, and that's going extremely well. Again, we've been the beneficiary of people working on it who've done a great job, people who've been marketing it who've done a great job. So it's extraordinary. I'm just overwhelmed by a feeling of gratitude that, that all this is happening. And it's not because I deserve it, it's, it's because of this network that uh, I'm the beneficiary of. I want to mention one other thing, that I was walking in to Avamada and I'm looking out the window and I can still see some. There's a migration of hawks going on, passing over Austin right now. Some of them extremely high up, some low enough that I could hear their cries. And I looked up and actually got a few tiny dots on the video. but. This is one of those times of year where there's like this extraordinary manifestation of the wide-ranging interconnectedness that's all around us that if you just look up, there it is. If you just look around, there it is. So at this time, I just feel kind of vibrating with gratitude. Reminded of the of the uh, lines toward the close of the Metta Sutta, standing or walking, sitting or lying down, during all one's waking hours, let one practice the way with gratitude. I've also been uh, I'm extremely grateful to Flint for reintroducing me to uh, a book that I've been reading over and over again. Book is uh, by Joan Sutherland. It's the, the, the sutra that Imola Bhutti speaks, and uh, as in, um, as part of her reflections on the Imola Bhutti Sutta, she says that she has a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt over her desk, which says, "Most of the work in the world is done by people who were not feeling very well that day. Most of the work in the world." Was done by people who were not feeling very well that day. And I just, I want to acknowledge that. I want to acknowledge that I know that. And, and then she goes on and she's talking, Joan Sutherland um, goes on in her book, she's talking about compassion and about the lessons of compassion. Uh, that uh, are at the heart of the Vimala Kirti Sutra. Uh, and she says that Vimala Kirti's challenge, as he's, as he's in conversation with Manjushri and with the others who come for the dialogue with him, that the challenge that he expresses is that it's necessary to convert compassion from a sentiment into action to act in a compassionate way. 
I'll say that for me, uh, this is the, the best I'll close my remarks and then we can sit for a while. That uh, for me, the, um, the challenge is to convert gratitude into action. I'm going to ring a bell and we'll sit for just over 10 minutes and uh, I'll have a brief other reading. We can approach it on the flow of things.
vast as the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. So Jessica, if you would put up the um, Bodhisattva as well. Um, for those who came in a little later, uh, I uh, started by just talking about some of the gratitude I am feeling today and some of the reasons. And there's the wonderful uh, quote from Eleanor Roosevelt uh, that was uh, in something by uh, Joan Sutherland Roshi that I read. Most of the work in the world is done by people who weren't feeling very well that day. Bodhisattva's vow by Tore Zenji. When I, a student of the way, look at the real form of the universe, all is the never failing manifestation of the mysterious truth of the awakened life. In any event, in any moment, and in any place, None can be other than the marvelous revelation of its glorious light. This realization made our ancestors and teachers extend tender care with respectful hearts, even to such beings as birds and beasts. The real, this realization teaches us that our daily food, drink, clothes, and protections of life are the warm flesh and blood, the merciful, incarnation of the awakened one. Who can be ungrateful or not respectful, even to senseless things, not to speak of humans? Even though they may be fools, be warm and compassionate toward them. If by any chance they should turn against us, become sworn enemies and persecute us, we should sincerely bow down with humble language in the reverent understanding that they are the merciful messengers of the awakened one who use devices to emancipate us from blind tendencies produced and accumulated upon ourselves by our own egoistic delusion and attachment through countless cycles of space and time. Then on each moment's flash of thought, there will grow a lotus flower and on each lotus flower will be revealed perfection. Unceasingly manifest as our life, just as it is, right here and right now. May we extend this mind to all beings so that we and the world together may attain maturity in the wisdom of the awakened life. Thank you. So I'm feeling, I'm talking about feeling gratitude and I'm just, I'm in mind of what um, Flint has said many times before that um, if you focus on a, a, a quality that it brings up its opposite. That as I try and plumb my own gratitude, I know that I'm not, one of those people who can express deep gratitude that people are my sworn enemies uh, or, and seek to persecute me. I'm not grateful for viruses that kill people. I'm not grateful for the things that happen in life that can cause great, great pain. And yet there is something in that closing uh, poetic section of the of the Bodhisattva's way. Then, on each moment's flash of our thought, there will grow a lotus flower. 
and on each lotus flower will be revealed perfection, unceasingly manifest as our life, just as it is. So what I was thinking as I was reading that again today is that, that even in the midst of great difficulty, we can remember the people who are helping us. We can remember the structures and the, the unfolding, interlocking nature of everything that we are surrounded by. And we can be grateful. And that, that is a kind of perfection of thought, I think, at least for me. That it is um, a way to be in my life just as it is. Embracing both sides, the difficulties, the pains, the losses, as well as the joys that I know are being given to me through the generosity of others. So, again, I will go forward and do my best to, when I'm standing, walking, sitting, or lying down, to go forward in gratitude and to find a way to make that gratitude to be more than a sentiment, but to lead me to action. I would love to hear your thoughts on gratitude and how it can be put into action. And as Jessica has said in chat, if you want to um, share with the group this wonderful, enormous group, 60 people I see, um, raise your hand using the button in the chat. Jessica has gone first. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. I'm very talk and um, present and um, something that I think actually as Jessica. I, let me ask. Maria is uh, Jessica's uh, audio breaking up for you? Yeah, it's quite broken up, Jessica. Your audio. You might, you might want to spotlight yourself, Jessica. Okay, how about that? Got it. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Sorry, I forgot to start myself. Okay, I'll start over again. <laughs> um, I've, I've been moved by your speaking today, your talk today, and also just by your presence, Joel. And um, I didn't wanna miss my chance to offer my gratitude to you um, for the presence that you've had in, in my life and in, in the Sangha for so long. Um, and I've been thinking, I've, I've actually been thinking about this quite a bit with your upcoming move. And um, this feels very tender, but I, I the thing that I'm gonna miss the most about you is sitting next to you in the mornings and hearing you clear your throat. <laughs> and so it is so uh, dear to me and um, I'll miss that. <laughs> what a beautiful reflection. <laughs> Kale, welcome. Hi, Joel. I wasn't expecting you here today, and it's a delight, a delight to be here with you today. And um, I came in a tad late, but the topic of what is gratitude in action, that really struck me because I think of gratitude kind of as a feeling, but what is that action 
you know, and it's, it's a really, it's an interesting thing to contemplate for me. So thank you for that. Um, I was thinking about how it manifests and it manifests for me, when I think about it, um, in care, you know, if, if someone uh, gives me, uh, oh, it could be something mundane, you know, like some vegetables or some fruit from their garden, or, you know, I mean, I have gratitude for that. And how do I show it? I care for it. I think, what am I going to make with it? You know, I, 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 I have that kind of a, a thing. And that kind of uh, reminds me of, you know, Apamata stands for care. And um, uh, so, I, you know, that thought was going through my, my head. If my husband and I just came back from a road trip many, many days driving. He did, okay, I'm gonna be honest here because I feel a little bad about it, but he did all the driving. <laughs> um, and so as a result, uh, you know, I had a pretty relaxing trip home. And so I have great gratitude for that, even though sometimes we, you know, fuss and, you know, being together in a car is not easy. So what does my gratitude in action look like? Well, for me, you know, it involves like Jessica just telling him, you know, how grateful. But also, I want to cook him a nice meal when he gets home. And I want to, you know, make sure that he's comfortable. It's, so it's this care, you know, that's really coming forward for me. And um, one other thought, you mentioned that it's not always easy to feel gratitude uh, when things aren't going well. And I had that experience, I've had it many times. Um, what helps me is sometimes I'll reflect on where I am now, as opposed to where I was when I was not feeling gratitude. And I realized that whatever that thing was that I didn't want has somehow manifested into some sort of growth for me, if that makes sense. So then, um, the gratitude is allowed to flower might be after the fact, but it's there and it seems to come faster and faster for me now. Um, so thank you for um, allowing me to reflect on that and don't go anywhere. <laughs> so uh, thank, thank you, Gail. And that's, that's, uh, a wonderful reflection on how to, to move forward. I, I think it's, I agree with you. I think that the simplest things, such as saying thank you, as Jessica so beautifully did, as and 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 expressing appreciation and uh, and and knowing that you have received a gift and that you. Uh, know that you want to respond to that. That is an, that's an, a powerful animating force that is so easy to forget, at least for me, you know, when I'm running around and feeling like I'm in a hurry and I, what I've got to do is so important that everybody else has to get out of my way. Um, but what you're, what you're describing is, is exactly what I'm hoping to move forward in. Thank you. Thank you, Joel. Bob, hello. Um, my, my, oh, okay, okay now, yeah. Uh, my, my gratitude is, is for uh, ripples that you have sent into the universe over the years. One that touched me several years ago that you may not even recall. Um, at the time, I believe you and someone else from Appamata had been invited to speak at what was my then uh, current uh, spiritual home, Unity Church of the Hills. Mm. It was maybe about four or five years ago. David and you Burks. came and talked. David Burks and I came and talked. David Burks, okay. Wonderful morning. Somehow I remember you uh, because I think I was introduced to you at the time as Unity Church of the Hills, um, Barnes and Noble Buddhist. 
mm-hmm. uh, uh, which meant, which was meant that I've, I've read a lot about Buddhism, but have yet to practice. So here we are, four or five years later, and uh, your words that morning, whatever they were, uh, touched me. And I'm now sitting here, uh, being able to hear you once again, kind of at the close of your physical tenure here in uh, Appamade, Boston, and uh, perhaps a, a beginning for me. So I am, I am eternally grateful for you and all who send those sometimes undirected ripples into the universe and land where we don't even know at times and, uh, and show up, show up once again and again and again. So thank you, Joel. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Bob. You know, I spend a lot of time worrying about giving Dharma talks and coming up with something good to say and something that might be engaging and so on. And every single time I get met with this outpouring of generosity that <laughs> like I, I, I was trying to tell Peg and Flint about it one time back when I first was a head student, the experience of meeting people for practice discussion for the first time. And I said, I feel like I'm standing under a waterfall. I just, I can't thank you enough. And, and know that the warmth and generosity of, of this Sangha is sending out ripples in the world and within me. Thank you for that. Welcome. gave a talk last Sunday, um, typical of me. You know, I, I worked on it all week and I fussed and fumed and was uh, sure it was going to be a bomb, but of course it came off wonderfully. And uh, I got lots of lots of strokes and lots of uh, positive comments. And uh, I share that with you just to, re- to remind yourself that you know, you do a wonderful job the times I've seen you. I don't believe we've ever met at Appamata. Um, I've been there a few times, been many years ago now. Um, when it comes to gratitude, I, I try to think in terms of pushing the gratitude forward, the whole notion of pay it forward. Uh, I'm very, very clear that I live a charmed life. Uh, Not to mention I have two sons who are quite willing to point out that some of our problems are what they call first world problems. Um, You know, and that's very true. So I I would like to share a, a, a little bit of a poem that I find to be very touching to me. I'm, I'm not quite, quite sure why it's so touching, but uh, it was written by Joseph Bruach, I guess. I think that's perhaps his name. The, the entering, entering Onondaga is the name, is the name of the uh, poem. And it, I guess it must be, it's a kind of a rare edition at this point because, you know, the to buy a copy of it on Amazon is forty or fifty dollars for a for this used version. So, at any rate, here's the poem. I I find it touching and and about this this notion that we in gratitude we we give it forward. We give it to other beings if we if we can. And here's how the poem goes. The old man must have stopped our car two dozen times to climb out and gather into his hands the small toads blinded by our lights and leaping live drops of rain. The rain was falling, a mist about the old man's white hair And I kept saying, you can't save them all. Accept it. Get back in. We've got places to go. But leathery hands full of wet brown life, knee deep 
in summer roadside grass. He just smiled and said, they have places to go to. So I think I, I find that strangely touching, this old man out in the wet summer grass, gathering up the toads so they don't get run over because they too have places to go. Nice to see you all. And thank, thank you for- Wayne, thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. What a beautiful poem. It is. If you can put in chat where you found that, or the, the book, the volume that that's in, I would love to know. I will do that. Thank you. Lisa, welcome. You're spotlighted and- Hi, Joel. Can everybody hear me? Yes. I did. Great. Um, oh, so I'm so glad to see you this morning. And I'm feeling kind of teary. Um, so I have gratitude for who you are in the number of intensives that I've taken with you that you led or co-led. And what I especially experience with you is your vulnerability. Not only, um, you know, when you teach and when you talk, you always have solid grounding in the teachings and whatever you've read and studied. But then what makes them come alive is just like suddenly you share the person, how it personally has affected you. And it's like, everything opens up and um, it's so far beyond just understanding the words intellectually. So, you know, I have felt deeply connected to you um, during your teachings and talks. And I do feel great gratitude for that. I also feel gratitude for you that you're getting to move and retire. And um, and that you express you feel flustered. There could be lots of reasons for that. But I recall how flustered I felt, you know, for weeks and almost months when I decided to move from Austin to Portland. I just separating from Apamata. That just kind of permeated my experience for some time. Um, you know, if I really thought on one level about, you know, what I was doing, because for one thing, I didn't know there would be Zoom, right? When I left, it seemed very final. Even though I knew Flint, you know, would be, moving before long and pe peg you know moved i for me it was like um you know something was i was cutting something off or pulling something out of my body because my practice is so you know who i am um so i really feel gratitude for the presence of everyone here um, another little piece that's interesting to me is I uh, was hospitalized for several days a couple of weeks ago with a heart problem, some tachycardia. And so, so I was so thrilled to be safe, you know, ambulance, emergency room, great doctors. And so, but also the outcome of that is I have to take a beta blocker just to keep from stroking out. So it's like, wow, this is great. I'm so thankful for all this. But now it's like, well, the effects of the beta blocker are that, you know, I could barely function the first few days until I figured out like how to cut it in half. So the gratitude is like, it's not like this river of gratitude. It's like 
gratitude that you know has a little obstacle or it's a little trickle or well damn i'm glad there's medication that will prevent me from stroking have gratitude for that but darn you know i already had some limitations so it's really good to hear on there's roosevelt's uh quote that so much is done by people who don't feel well because who feels well all the time anyhow so i'm grateful for the times i do thank you joel and everybody thank you lisa what a what a wonderful teacher you have been for me and i'm gonna just reflect that you had a life-threatening event in your life uh, 10 years ago yeah. yeah 10 almost 12. And that you have you have spoken at Appamata about choosing to stay with this life and how you continue with your practice staying with this life and I will never forget that hearing that mm. I want to tell a personal story too, and I hope it doesn't sound glib. I, I know that there are people I'm connecting with who have had great, great loss, and and I I, I want to offer this as as an example of how I um, how I feel connected with everyone who's going through that kind of loss as well. But um, in uh, About 35 years ago, my younger brother died. He got a um, fast-moving lung cancer and died within a few months. He was 29 years old. He had a three-year-old son and another son who was born a month after my brother died. And it was a terrible loss to me. I, I was really embittered about it. I, I remember talking to my mother afterwards, and she was in, of course, enormous pain. And she said, the cruel thing is that life goes on. And, and that, you know, we have to get up in the morning, we have to deal with people, and, and they're doing the best they can, but they can't know what I'm feeling. And I remember reflecting on my mother's words and saying, oh yeah, there are other people who are doing the best they can. And that was a powerful lesson for me. And that's what showed up and what I wanted to express today as well. But there's another aspect to that, that about six or seven years later, after my brother's death, um, I went to visit his grave in a cemetery in Houston, a military cemetery, which I had not done before. And I found his gravestone and I had a kind of a, something was revealed to me that I did not know had been processing in my mind, which is that I realized that he was a wonderful father to his son and that he would have wanted that to me. And I, who had never thought of myself as someone who wanted children changed and now like my wife at that point i wanted to investigate adopting a child so we did and again through luck that was being like being struck by lightning we were so blessed and we were able to adopt our son solomon who now lives in Missouri and who I mentioned at the beginning of my talk, drove home to be with us and help us with the final parts of, of, uh, of moving last night. And I got to hug him today. And, and um, you know, like I said, some people built the roads that he drove on. Some people built the car that got him safely here. And in, not, in 
innumerable number of ethical, upright, generous things happened. Just for us to both be here today, I'm grateful. Darcy. Darcy. There we go. Can you can you hear me or am I breaking up? I hear you clearly all okay. with the video. Sometimes I have trouble with sound breaking up. Is it okay? Very good. Okay. So I was very intrigued when you first made that statement, which, um, which is most of the work in the world is done by people who were not feeling very well that day. And it just like, didn't make sense at first. Um, but the other thing that's been coming up for me, you know, is, uh, another way of sort of looking at gratitude, I mean, I can think of many things I'm grateful for, um, but I think my deepest gratitude is gratitude that has no object. Um, yeah. I don't know how to ask you about that without trying you to trying to get you to put some object in there. Could you talk more about that? So, and you also talked about, Joel, how you just don't feel grateful for a lot of things. And, and I think a lot of us have things that we could, you know, we just, there's a lot of pain, you know, there's a lot of things we don't want. And there is, for me, a ground of gratefulness that doesn't have an object. Um, and I, I guess it, it's ex in exploring what that is, is I guess each person's journey, but for me, even if I don't like what's happening or don't think I can be grateful, I can be grateful for, for life, I guess, maybe, you know, um, nature has, a, it just for me stands out as, I mean, it's just, it's not really a, an object except it's everything. It's everything. It's the body, it's the breath, it's everything. It's that, um, anyway, that we're born into this life. And um, we had a, uh, some friends and I did a gratefulness exercise in the month of December where we would uh, send each other little blurbs of what we were grateful for each day. and. I did some thinking about that. Becky was a part of that group and we talked a little bit about it. So I've been thinking about it. And um, there's so many things you can think of that you're grateful for, but there's also just the deepest things that don't seem to really have an object. And um, so I, I, I thought I'd bring that into our discussion, you know, and it's pretty powerful for me. Yeah. It's also a way of stepping outside of that feeling like, oh, I can't be grateful for this. I don't want that, you know, it's just a stepping outside of all of that. that I just wanted to throw that out there. Does, this is a silly question, Darcy, but, I'm going to go ahead and 
I'm going to say it as a statement rather than a, as a as a something, but it's something that you embody, which is that you do not have to turn back, turn your back on the feelings that you have, feelings of loss and grief, to be able to also hold gratitude. That is the greatest teaching, I think. Yes. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing that you can have that sort of really wide, broad gratitude. And it's in the midst of everything, everything, mm -hmm. nothing excluded, you know. And I'm grateful for that and for having, and for learning that I can hold it, hold it all. And that's this practice, you know. Thank you. See, I, I want to read something from Joan Sutherland here. This is again her book, Vimala Kirti and the Awakened Heart. This is her chapter on, called Great Compassion. And she's reflecting on for a small compassion, engaging with the people around us, being grateful for our connections around us. She said, small compassion is made up of all the tender, everyday, spontaneous, local, humble things we do for each other. And I, I'm, I'm substituting the word uh, gratitude in here as well. Great compassion by comparison is really the compassion the universe enacted when it gave birth to itself, gave birth to each of us. It's the reverberations throughout time and space of that first unfathomable gift. Small compassions are the way we give voice and flesh to the original vow, the way we reproduce, the way we reproduce the gift in the actual moments of our actual lives. And then as Joan Sutherland does, she reflects on her high-flying rhetoric and she says, okay, yikes, maybe I shouldn't be going off this way. But adding this understanding to the mix can be helpful because it gives context and perspective. We are not the manufacturers of compassion or gratitude, or the ones responsible for it. It's already everywhere around us. And pretty much our job is to find ways to ride its currents. Thank you, Darcy. Rosemarie. Hi, Joel. Um, just quickly, uh, you um, were the person that oriented me a year and a half ago at uh, Appamata. And um, I was pretty much a mess. I was um, just had, had a breakup and um, never met you or the other people there. And I was crying and you were so um, open and it was a very safe. You made it very safe for me to, you know, say this is me right now. And um, this is who I am, as far as I know, and um, so thank you for that safe and lovely introduction to this group that's been a huge part of my life. That was a year and a half ago. And now, you're um, giving, and now you are giving back so much and, and, well, and widening that circle. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I had a little experience yesterday with um, someone who was really kind to me, and um, I was in a took a little drive with a friend to a little craft village and um, went into this little candle candle shop. This man has been making candles in his little shop for like 50 years. And um, he, um, we're looking at the candles and um, he, uh, he said, um, oh yes, they're, they're best in, in, in complete darkness or no, they're best in darkness. And I thought, well, of course but then of course we do lose use candles in the daylight for atmosphere blah blah and so i said well you mean you mean you mean like at night with no electricity and he said well yeah kind of like that and then he said well you know my job is illumination and i thought and i started to kind of giggle and i said you know I, this is something we've been you know i'm a 
Buddhist student and was studying this and, and um, you know, he sort of did a little down. He said, well, I don't know the philosophy, but, um, you know, um, and we just chatted a little more. And then he, he had a, a photograph of a woman who much younger than him. He was about my age, our age. And he said, this is, see this woman, she's, you know, it's all about love. And um, chat a little more, I got some candles and took my credit card out. And he says, no, no, you know, this is, this is for you. And I go, well, no, you, you here, here. And um, it was really hard for me to understand that he really, something had happened. And um, so I said, oh, thank you so much. And, um, you know, it was just, it was a little overwhelming. And um, so I've been thinking a lot about this experience. On the way back, my friend said, gee, I, want, I wonder when she passed. And I mean, I said, well, and so obviously I missed that whole thing that she, you know, that she had passed. And, um, and uh, so today I was thinking about it and I thought, you know, what an extraordinary person. And then I thought, well, don't cut yourself out of it, Rosemary. It was what happened in between us. It was the connection between that was what was um, special. So that was in terms of gratitude. It's, it's what's going on in between. It's like a cross. Oh, I forgot to mention the main thing when I, was trying to keep giving him my credit card. He said, no, to, to give is to get. So it was just lo lovely synchronicity for what we, you know, what we're, you know, after here, I guess. So um, I offer you my little illumination uh, story. And um, to Gail, thank you for, you know, the action of gratitude is I'll take very good care of these, these candles. And gratitude for the candle man. Thank you. Well, our, we are, our time is drawing to a close. I thank you so much. Rosemary, I want to say that what you pointed to is something that is, is has something to do with putting gratitude into action for me as well, that it's that um, that it can be that energy that for me uh, allows me to step forward and connect with other people and not think and not simply withdraw into myself and thinking and think oh I, sh I shouldn't bother them I shouldn't you know make a fuss or or try and or that, that it seems how self centered to to make an extra step but that but that the energy of gratitude can help me to do that. And that's very important in my life. So we have a closing chant. Um, Jessica, can you put that on the screen? the four practice principles. Let's say those together. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way.
so grateful to be connected with the kind and generous hearts and wisdom in this Sangha. Thank you so much for sharing this with me. Modest programs and facilities are supported by your generosity and your support makes a huge difference. There's a link for contributions on the website and I will place it here in the chat as well. Um, and your presence is such a generosity. So thank you all for being here. If you'd like to stay uh, after for a bit and um, speak with, with other folks, Maria will be uh, taking the reins here. So let me just make Maria the host. Handing over the baton to you, Maria. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Jessica.